Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode is brought to you by Podmetrics. Podmetrics is a podcast analytics platform that enables podcasters to see all the relevant data they need to know about their podcast's audience. Sign up now at podmetrics.co and use the referral code Wrestling to X Pod. Again, the code Wrestling to X Pod. What's going on? This is Xavier Woods, aka Austin Creed. I said, give me a hell yeah! Hey, this is Zeta Zane. Hey, everyone. This is Jeff Cobb. Hello, WWE Universe in the Philippines. This is Charlotte. Talent is not sexually transmitted. Hey, this is TJP, the Phil and Flash, and you are listening to Stan, Bro, Chino, and Camos on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. You are listening to the longest-running weekly episodic Filipino wrestling podcast. This is the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Stan C, Ro Moran, and Chino Liao bringing you another exclusive audio-only episode. And this week, we've got a friend of the podcast, Nino, stopping for the very first time. We've known him for quite some time. We've seen him at PWR shows. We've heard his music. He was the guy behind the remix to JDL's theme. And then later on, the PWOG's theme. He has lots of fun stories about that. He also breaks down the psychology of wrestling entrance music, which is a total mindfuck in the best way possible. So all of those stories and more coming up in a bit. But before we get to all of that, we're going to be addressing the elephant in the room. And that is the fact that moving forward, the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast will be moving on as a three-piece. So it'll be me, Ro, and Chino regularly from now on. Our friend Raf Camus has decided to move on from the podcast and... I think that it's only appropriate, it's only fitting that we give him a quick tribute just to express our gratitude, basically, for the last six plus years that Camus contributed a big part of himself to the podcast. So there is no podcast without Camus, even though the, sh- the show started with me and Stan in 2014, right after WrestleMania 30. That's been six years for that. Uh, it didn't take long for him to join us. And even though he didn't originally plan to be a host. He was just a producer backstage. He proved to be an important part of the of the show all that itself, which is sad because I've gotten quite a few messages over the years saying that people didn't like, some people didn't like Camus being on the show, but he gave uh, the show his own unique energy. He would be filling in the role of a friend that maybe sometimes was over eager, but loved wrestling so much all the same on the same level that we do and i'm gonna miss honestly all the time we spent together making talents if you will the, the podcast version of making talents all of those years all those years that we've been building it up all the time we've spent in his house meeting his dogs talking to all these kind all these different people making the show as we go along and i i, I feel really sad even though uh I will admit there is there is a bit of hurt with this decision, even though I'm also not surprised. It makes me sad because right now, for the foreseeable future, we're not going to have any more of those moments together 
uh, around the podcast, around the show, around its recording. So well, it's going to be really a new normal moving forward. And I'm not sure I'll be ready to take that on yet. That's just me. Yeah. Um, I don't know if a lot of people know this, but Camus was actually the person who asked me to be on this podcast. He was the person who messaged me one random afternoon asking if I was willing to join the group. But I said yes, because I had been on for, but as a quote-unquote reviewer, just doing my thing for PWR, spreading the love. And so when he asked me to make my position more permanent, I was more than willing to do so because I only want to talk about wrestling. It's That's why I joined the show, to talk about wrestling. And so we got to talk about wrestling with Camus, without Camus, in all sorts of iterations. We got to talk to different people about wrestling. It's lang that there are times when Camus wasn't on the show because he brought balance to the group, right? I don't sound like such an asshole if Camus is here because he's Camus. But he knows I love him. He knows that. He knows that if it weren't for him, I wouldn't be here. And we've had many a conversation about this. So I'm glad that this was something that we got to cover in the time that we worked together on this podcast. Now, yeah, that... That said, moving forward, there might be an entire generation of new listeners who won't get the hashtag Shut Up Camus vibe. And, oh, and, and, and it, 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 it's, it's a little sad, I have to admit. Do I want him back? Of course. But do I want him happy? Yes, because that's more important. I've known Camus the longest out of everybody on the podcast. And... I think out of everybody in the local wrestling industry as well, you know, um, I've known him since we were teenagers when we first crossed paths at Savior. And I don't mean to talk about him like he's dead because he's not. He's very much alive. He has another podcast going on right now, you know. I, I just want to talk about you know how wrestling was really what helped me and Kamas reconnect. Well, wrestling and the stresses of a full-time job in Makati back when we would take our uh, our walks along Benavida Street back when he used to work in Publicis and when I used to work at Teach for the Philippines, you know, he would be on his Yossi break, I would be on my ice cream break, which was kind of like my Yossi at the time. So from there, we, we just started talking again and connecting and we were at that WrestleMania 30 viewing party that the OG PWR put up at Google Bar in Mandaluyong. We were there. Si Camus lang yung kilala ko, siya lang kasama ko And um, that was also the night that Ro and I recorded the podcast, which we were inspired to do because of Daniel Bryan ultimately winning. And I haven't really told this story on the pod, but I left that viewing party right after The Undertaker lost. Because I had a meeting at Globe, which really pissed me off. And ang bilin ko kay Kamus nun was, just text me the word yes if Daniel Bryan won. Yun lang yung gusto kong malaman. And approaching noon that morning, I, I my phone vibrated, I checked, it said... Rafael Camus, and it had three letters on the text, Y-E-S. And I was like, my day is made. So that's one of my favorite Camus memories. There's also him getting Ray Allen to sign my Sonics jersey. There's also him telling me, give me your belt, I'll have Seamus sign it. You know, Camus was the, uh, the ultimate utility guy. Like, whatever you needed Camus to do, he would uh, go above and beyond. And that was something I always appreciated. I always appreciated then how Camus wasn't just a co-host. He was really your friend. Like, in, in, in many ways, the conversations that we had were an extension of the conversations we would have 
when the mics were turned off. So that's something I really enjoyed and uh, something I'm definitely going to miss going forward. So, you know, um, as Sheena said, what matters is that Camus is happy. So um, I, I just want him to be happy as well. So, yeah. and I want to thank and guys, please, when we say send Camus your love, please continue to do so. Yeah. Just yep. because he's not a part of the podcast anymore doesn't mean you should stop doing that because the man can really use it during this dark, dark time. Sana, when the pandemic's over, we can all walk away feeling better about the things that we've done, things that have happened during it, caused by it. But while we're still here, while we're still in the thick of things, while this thing isn't over anytime soon, sana we can all just continue to send love out to each other, send out support in all the ways that are possible. Yeah, I love how uh, how genuinely mature Chino sounded there on that one. Because, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, compliment ka pa? No, no, no. no it, it's just a change of pace from how Chino normally sounds. Um, but I, I, what was backhanded about sending love? Well, I'm backhanded. I, I didn't mean anything backhanded about it. That was genuinely sincere. Exactly. That's exactly what I meant. I was about to say... That for all of the times I said on the podcast to please send Camus love at Caveman Camus, I yeah. meant every word of it. That's what yeah, I yeah, meant yeah, to say. Right. So, and, and that doesn't stop here. So, you know, uh, go do what Chino told you to do and, and uh, be a good, kind human being to Camus and to basically everyone else. Because uh, with the state of the world we're living in right now, we could all use a little bit more of it. So yep. not just oh wait sorry sorry were you gonna yeah I, I just wanted <laughs> to wrap a bow around Camus as a whole and and thank him from the bottom of our hearts on behalf of all three of us and the folks at PNA as well who worked with uh, with yeah. us from the moment we signed over a year ago because um, as Rose said at the top of this uh, this Camus tribute not calling it a eulogy you know there will be no wrestling wrestling podcast if there was no Raf Camus who volunteered himself to to show up at Mellow on those Thursday nights, even when he didn't have to, even when he was bogged down by a full-time job at a hotel. So we wouldn't be where we are today without everything he brought to the table. So thanks, Camus. I, I, would, I just wanted to add really quick, uh, not just send him love, don't just do that, but also do listen to him on his new venture uh, with PWR. So uh, I'm sure if you haven't already, please do so because I'm sure he would be really happy that you have chosen to listen to him as well. I know you guys have missed him. I know you guys have missed hearing his voice and his sprouts and whatever have you on this show. But the good thing is you can really do that on another show. You can still keep doing that. And he would can be I really just happy say, that you did. Sorry, can I just say real quick that I listened for a bit last Monday uh, and by the internet, yeah, guys. Oh, that's <laughs> so, good. good. Yeah, I was about to say now, the role of the Slapsoil internet guy now falls on Chino, at least for this episode. Yeah, right now, right? But uh, it, we, we take turns every now and then. Yeah, we take but turns. For, for Monday, from the, uh, after last Monday's episode, I can proudly say that our boy has figured out his internet situation. So please do listen and support uh, the Philippine Wrestling Podcast yeah. over on the PWR page. All right, so instead of saying what we normally use to say, shut up, Camus, we wrap it up by saying, thank you, Camus. Thank you, Campus. Thank you, Campus. On that note, we've got an interview to get to. Nino is waiting in the wings and he's got a lot of fun stories to get to. Uh, so let's get right to it. Here's our conversation with Nino. This week on the podcast, we're talking to a friend of the local wrestling community, somebody whose work you may have seen or heard in different forms. In and out of wrestling, magugulat ka na lang na he was part of it pala or he was one of the voices behind it please welcome to the wrestling wrestling podcast one of the rising stars in the local rap circuit nino 
<laughs> hello, hello. Hey man, what's up? Stop. It's been a while since I saw you in person. I think the last time that you and I were in the same place was 2015 at an I Academy show. Yes. Wow, it's been a long time. It's been Can't believe that shit's been five years already. I will nail it, man. So But how's it going? How have you been holding up uh, while we've all been on lockdown? You know what? I think I was built for this. Anyone who plays video games <laughs> um, and watches anime, like this is the life for me. And I get to work from home. It's great. I mean, there are less jobs that are being pushed my way. That's okay. I'm still making enough to get by. But Majority of the time, it's just video games, anime, movies, dude. It's pretty chill. I don't have to interact with people. That's great. Hey, you're a pretty, <laughs> you're a pretty introverted guy, but that's not wrong to say. Well, right? you like it's weird. I'm like I, I get recharged when I'm alone, so I guess it's very introverted. But um, I seem to do well, naman, talking with others. So somewhere so in not the- ass, yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's not super binary pagiging extroverted and introverted. I see it as a spectrum and you just fall somewhere in between. Yeah. So, what's been keeping you busy aside from that? Like, have you been working on music? Because I know that you were in San Francisco right? last year or a couple of years ago. I remember reaching out to you then. Uh, that was um, two years ago. I was studying uh, everything I know now and everything I'm applying in the professional field. And it, w- it was a really dope experience. Like, There's nothing like learning keys from a black dude who grew up in Louisiana. It's just, there's nothing like it. Like, you, or, or learning percussion from someone from Brazil, for example. Like, that was a super amazing, holistic world experience. It was awesome. I remember I sought your help when I was writing this article on Yung Hill music ni Shinsuke Nakamura. Yeah. And the way you and Anton Magno just broke it down for me, down to distortion effects fucking blew my mind. And I think it really is a testament to the stuff you learn when you go through, you know, uh, the type of education that you went through. Yeah. Uh, well, definitely, like, it, it would be fair to say that I grew up listening to a lot of wrestling themes. And I think that influence seeps through my music somehow. And when you start learning more and more about the intricacies of music and you see how like wrestling companies apply it to their music, it's like, wow, they really know what they're doing. They really know. Jim Johnston is like idol forever. So we're going to talk about that, how um, you, you, I guess you had your hand in being one of the many Jim Johnstons here in the Philippines. Well, there's one. Eh. Uh, I, mean, it's a, I would say there was one in the early PWR era. Pinator, yes. The yeah. Pinator. Yeah, yeah. See, si Makia Costa. I would right, say yeah, yeah. 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 Jim Johnson, yeah. Yeah, I, I would over. say... I would say over. that Wakia Costa is uh, the closest we'll get to like a Jim Johnson. But you know, as as the years have gone by, a lot of the talents, both on PWR, MWF, I'm not sure about WUW, if they've been outsourcing their music. But yeah, you know, if one day we can groom somebody to be the local Jim Johnson, shit. Uh, <laughs> but let's take it back and talk about your fandom. Because everybody's got an origin story in their wrestling fandom. So what's yours? I was born the day Andre the Giant died. Like it, that's how it started. Oh shit! <laughs> I come. From, that's dark. Yeah, right. But I come from a huge wrestling family. Like, dude, everyone watches wrestling in my family. Like, my mom was 19 when she had me, so all of her siblings were like teenagers and young. So 
everyone was super into wrestling. I remember being three years old and being stunned by all my titos. My dad would like throw me up in the air and give me like a diamond cutter. Like, <laughs> like it wasn't like solely WWE, right? Like we would also watch WCW. Um, one of my titos was more into like ECW and the hardcore stuff. So it was super like wrestling was in the family. Talaga. It was, it's, it was one of the fandoms that I shared and still continue to share with my family to this day. Now it's the younger generation that I'm bringing to shows when WWE comes here. Like I buy the tickets and bring my little cousins to watch with me. And then of course I bring them to the PWR shows and all of that. So th- that's really how it's like. I don't remember a time when wrestling wasn't part of my life in some capacity. It was the drama and you know, just everything about it. Do you remember the first wrestlers that got you hooked? First wrestlers that got me hooked? Oh, man. I don't know, but I know I was throwing up like middle fingers when I was six. So probably like Stone Cold, The Rock, X, you know, that era, like when when I could remember now. But I think growing up, though, the wrestler that I was like thoroughly like in love with, like this is my guy, I love him, was Chris Jericho. Ever since he came out, like WCW Palang, I was like, oh man, this dude is so cool. And that kind of continues till this day where I'm just a, like a Jericho-holic. But yeah, there was him, there was DDP. I love DDP. And siguro young Randy Orton at, at the time, like I'm not super keen on his character right now. I mean, it's okay. It's, it's good. Veteran status. But I love, I love cocky characters. Eh? Like that's my, that's my shtick. So you mentioned Jericho and how yung longevity niya talaga is is uh, so admirable, diba? Walang walang kupas. Um, with all the evolutions he's gone through, which Jericho gimmick is your favorite? Ooh, <laughs> that's so hard. That's so hard. I do like best friends Jericho. Like that was really funny. <laughs> best friends Jericho is like legitimately it was so good. I I, I haven't loved the heel like that in a while, but I think. Y2J talaga. His first run with the WWE, it was just special to me when he became the first undisputed champion and all of that. It was just like, yes, my my fandom paid off. Like me rooting for this guy from the beginning when he interrupted The Rock with that classic promo. And then, wala. Parang yun, yun ata. But that's just because of the memories attached. And also, whatever run he did when he was feuding with Christian. And then, um, like... 2004. My yeah, 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 yeah. 2004. That was really fun too. So, sabi mo, diba, you would save up money and go to the shows whenever they'd be here. So, you've seen Jericho live or did you happen oh, to miss a show that Jericho no, was on? No, 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 no. I've seen Jericho, like, anytime he was here, I've seen him, dude. That's a fan right there. I think for me, uh, my Jericho fan story is sobrang tagal ko siyang hinabol, never ko siyang napanood at a live event. Oh, no. I flew to Singapore in 2015 for just one day to catch WWE because you knew time that he was doing the house shows. Yeah. So I was like, oh, perfect. Jericho's going to be here. And he skipped it because he was doing Dancing with the Stars or Tough Enough at the time. Oh, One of those shows. Man. So the following year, na and Jericho was there, I was crying when he came out. So finally. That was also the night that Ro talked shit to Jericho on Twitter. Then Jericho handed his ass back to him. Love it. <laughs> There's something about being a good guy. He cut the Gago promo. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, so that was really funny. That that was a very uh, special moment for me. Speaking of moments, what's your favorite moment as a wrestling fan? Oh, uh, madam, madam, in like in terms of like 
because they're all different. Like watching wrestling as an adult, watching wrestling as a kid, and watching wrestling with your friends, watching wrestling alone. It's all different. So, ah, uh, man. I guess alone is when I can watch wrestling and actually like feel like when I want to cry, I cry. Like uh, the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels match in WrestleMania, like I bawled out like a baby. That was a fantastic match. Love the ending. But as an adult, when, you know, I could go to bars, like we would go to Skinny Mike's back then to watch yeah. the WrestleMania parties. And then I remember I was there with my friend Sanya and then, it was one of the WrestleManias. It's the WrestleMania where Brock Roman was the main event and Seth Rollins comes out. 31. 31. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember that feeling like just watching with friends and watching with everyone that shared the same passion for wrestling and we all flipped out. Whole bar was like, thank you, Seth. Clap, 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 clap. And then it was so good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that. I guess good that's times. my favorite wrestling moment as an adult. Just because it's electric, it's it's different. It, it's like a sporting event, but with with feelings attached. I mean, because at the end of the day, it's just a soap opera, right? With yeah. some action. So that's it's funny you mentioned that mania being the one that you watched because that mania was in San Francisco. Zaya, you weren't there. I know, right? Yeah, right? My girlfriend at that time was, and yeah. she was. I was so mad. She was like, I haven't watched wrestling since like her favorite wrestler at that time, Lita, got injured and she retired. Right. Like, I, I right. quit not wrestling. So I was like, oh man, and you're at WrestleMania? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Has there ever been a time in your life when you kind of fell out of the fandom? I mean, you did mention that there was never a time in your life na walang wrestling. But I, I think what's consistent for at least the people we get to talk to is that there is that time. They kind of fall out. So may, parang, yeah, yeah. Oh, may, may blank space ka dun. My blank space. So I I still keep up to date. I don't I don't watch as regularly anymore, but I do keep up to date with blogs and just like checking out storylines, what's happening right now, who's popping. But so this is pre Twitter, right? Because you don't get to check pre like Facebook being big. Yeah. So it was right before CM Punk blew up. Okay. 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 So it was during that that time. I, I have no idea what happened during that time. Siguro John Cena was doing some stuff that made people hate him because I remember when I stopped watching wrestling, people still loved Cena. And then when I came back, whoa, whoa, everyone hates Cena now? Who is the CM Punk guy? Oh my God, he's cocky. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> so did you ever have to go through that phase then when you denied your fandom, especially when you got into music? I said, you're, you're getting into this new space. Right. You have to be cool. You have to fit in. Did you ever pretend that you weren't a wrestling fan because you're cool? Hell no, dude. No, no, I, I've never pretended I wasn't. In fact, I would wear like wrestling shirts, to, like gigs and stuff. I think the first time I met Chino, I was wearing a Rise Above Hate t-shirt and that's how we like bonded. We, we were the only, we were on the junior job program together. We were the only two guys who talked wrestling the entire time. Like six, it's like a oh, dozen or so teenagers were crammed into a small booth. Kaming dalawa lang yung nag-uusap about wrestling. Everybody else was trying to learn the craft of radio. Kami, wala kami pakailang. We were just yeah, yeah. shooting the breeze uh, on wrestling. Did anybody call you out on it? You know, oh, look at these two losers, these two dorks talking about wrestling while we're all trying to learn radio. No, because, <laughs> because we were good at what we did. So it's like, okay. Yes, <laughs> can't, that too. <laughs> you can't like hate on someone like if they're not paying attention to something because they already know it. Like, What's the point in hating? Yeah, we weren't disruptive. <laughs> yeah. We were just having our own vibe. 
Sige, uh, Nino, can you tell us some Chino Liao stories from the junior jock days? What was a younger Chino like? He's <laughs> <laughs> a lot shyer, actually. Yeah. Before, like, a lot less, how should I say it? Like, he would only really open up when you talk to him about stuff that he likes. And those two things I very clearly remember Re- wrestling in comics, not Chino. Like, yes. that's about. And. Majority- and, then later, and then later on, when you took up the same course I did, film. Yeah, 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 yeah. We talk about that too. Talk about film also. Yeah. But if you weren't talking to Chino about those things, it was very clear that he was uncomfortable <laughs> and he wasn't interested. <laughs> no, because, I mean, you got to understand, guys, I am a lot older than some of these children. So yes, when I got true. into the program, it was really awkward for me to be, you know, mixing it up with guys who are natin, a few years younger than I am. Right? Let's not specify the age. I don't want to attack myself. <laughs> I have to. But it's, it is what it is. You know, you do it. And, and, and I will say the program has helped me gain a lot more confidence. Oh, look at you now, right? <laughs> look, look at you now, a proud ka podcast with yeah. two podcasts with two on CNA, right? On that note, let's take a quick break and hear from our other ka podcasts on Podcast Network Asia. What's up, boomers? This is Usapan Retro. Hey, what's up? I'm Sonia. Hey, my name's Ron. Yo, we're boomers and we love to talk about video games and otaku culture. And we're from the Philippines. Catch us live on the Kumu app every Saturday at 5 p.m. and the podcast every Monday at 8 a.m. Catch you nerds there! So let's talk about the music scene and you bringing your wrestling fandom in there. Sabimo, you would go to gigs wearing shirts yeah. or, or wrestling shirts. Would people from from the crowd notice or other other musicians, other singers? How would they react? Sometimes, yeah. Well, the friends that I run with in my music uh, circle were all kind of marks, also. So Ooh. it's not really much of a big deal to us. But sometimes, you know, you'd have fans come up and they would look at my shirt and be like, yo, is that a Kenny Omega shirt? You have the cleaner on? And then I'm like, yeah, dude, of course. You gotta rep the Bullet Club. And then um, with Shadow Moses, especially with my band, like it, it's it's constant that we throw up the, you know, two sweet sign, sweet, yeah. everything. So it's, it's really something that we kind of incorporate to the act. So it, it's not really that much of a big deal. It's like, mm, I think anyone who has like a hobby that's actually part of them because wrestling I would say is kind of part of you know who I am like and the personality that I've developed growing up was partly because of wrestling so it kind of bleeds through and it just feels natural Seen from the music circles yung mga out and proud na wrestling fans talaga oh man like Senya for example super yeah. big wrestling well documented mm-hmm. yeah Ling from Lions and Acrobats he's he's a big mark like I, I'm surprised no one has asked him to make music because he is super good at it and he would absolutely love it. Sino pa ba? Like Chito, uh, my session drummer. He's Big Mark Plasma from Flip Top. He, I have never seen him skip a PWR show. Like, dude is a Big Mark. Actually, madam, <laughs> too many to mention. Since you mentioned Shadow Moses, about one of... A lot of your songs are very wrestling centered, right? Like the the Some of them, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wrestling centered songs, none. So was that intentional to put out as many wrestling centered songs, or was that 
it did that just happen uh, because of creativity? It's what struck you in the moment. Well, I think the genre of rap that we decided on as a band, like nerdcore as a genre, incorporates a lot of nerd nerdum. So we have a song about, let's say, like a cyberpunk setting because we were playing a lot of Shadowrun during that time. Or we have the song that was based on Doomtown. We have a song based on wrestling like Scott Hall. And so it's, it's something that we like really think about. And when we talk about themes, when we create songs for Shadow Moses, and this is just specific for Shadow Moses, we talk about which nerdom we want to like talk about today and rap about. And then we really sit down and deep dive into our nerdum, and then, and then only like maybe a day after that's when we start writing. But we we gotta enjoy our nerdum first. Yeah, uh, there are there could be some listeners who are hearing about nerdcore for the very first time. So can we touch on that a little bit? Like, how would you describe sure. nerdcore for the uninitiated? Basically, it's just rap music, right? But the topics that are being spoken about are just like topics that nerds would talk about, you know. And, you know, that could range from, like I said, wrestling to like Star Wars to video games to uh, comics. It, it's, it's just another facet of hip hop that, you know, you're right. A lot of the uninitiated haven't heard of before, but it's definitely an, a genre that to me is very enjoyable to listen to. What made you guys at Shadow Moses decide to go with nerdcore as the main uh, genre of your rap music? Because hey, we all know that that's not really what... Uh, is in mainstream no matter where you look at it right absolutely that's a thing though like i feel like my partners in that band namely vic and six they were never into mainstream hip-hop so to speak they were all you know vic at a long time ago founded a hip-hop collective known as ampon and that was not mainstream at all and six was also part of anton also part of mdk when we first formed shadow moses so it wasn't it wasn't difficult to deviate from the norm, but to settle on nerdcore, it was just because at that time, uh, Vic was owner and proprietor of the appraisery. And so that came with it, a bunch of nerdy things that we could talk about. And essentially, like that's how I kind of um, like got close with Vic. It was just talking about nerdy stuff, playing card games, playing board games, and playing video games together. Right. Uh, you mentioned the appraisery, and at one point, it was the unofficial HQ of PWR. Good times. Uh, right. That's like I, times. I remember, like a lot of the, uh, a lot of the batch one, batch two, some of the batch three guys would yeah. hang out at the appraisery. Tapos dun din nagbebenta ng PWR tickets. Yeah. If you're at Cubao X on a Saturday and you pass by that area, chances are you'll see Jake De Leon or Ken Warren or whichever OG PWR guy there. So how did that community bega- uh, begin to build? Honestly, I have no idea. It probably has something to do with Vic and Kiko. Um, but besides that, I, I, I don't know. A lot of the OGs still do come visit. Uh, a lot of the OGs I love, some of the OGs I don't like are not there anymore. And I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Y'all know what it's about. Oi, wala kami sinabi, We didn't push any buttons, man. <laughs> but thank you. It's much appreciated either way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, you guys, you guys seem to have this kinship, and before I knew it, I started seeing you guys at the PWR shows mismo. So Vic became, uh, well, he is Vic Prieto naman talaga. But what, what was his his commentator name? Uh, uh, Victor uh, something Esquire. My my Esquire <laughs> sa dulo na ko. 
And then see si Kiko Aquino in real life was Kiko Fabregas. Yeah. That was his uh, commentator name. So I met them and I worked with them. And then a couple shows later, you came in. Uh, how did that happen, Aman? How did you guys end up working with PWR? Well, for the both of them, they're, they're both lifelong marks too. So this, this was their dream. And trust me when I say they were never going to wrestle. They were never going to wrestle. <laughs> I think Vic's dream is to become a manager for real. Yeah. Like just talk crap all day long. And that's, that's his dream. But for me, it was like, I, I want to use the skills that I've picked up throughout my life and try to help out the wrestling community as well. So, and that's how I started, you know, doing audio for PWR for a time. Yeah. So I remember Vic's name now. I think it was Vic E. Emmanuel Esquire. Vic, oh, yeah, yeah, Victor Emmanuel. Vic Emmanuel. No, it was Vic Emmanuel. Uh, Vic, uh, e. Vic E. Emmanuel okay. Esquire. There, know, there, there. I, I know I now. saw them at the audience in the audience of early PWR shows. So that I got OG since then. Yeah, my MCS days. MCS right? days. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, we were there, second floor. I, yes. I still tried to <laughs> chant it, but no one chants it anymore. <laughs> There's That's no more second right. floor. Second floor, it. Only OG fans know. No, if you know, you know. Second floor, <laughs> uh, second floor tapusin, yeah. and uh, dito naman. <laughs> uh, dito naman still gets chanted, naman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, bagong tray yon. That's an OG. Oh fan. god. Yeah, yeah. Saka go uste for JDL. <laughs> uh, ko pa yung 50 Shades para kay Apocalypse kasi pinalutan yeah. niya ng chain si Main Max noon man <laughs> what type of audio work did you do at the time for PWR? Uh, just recording the commentators really Th- that was basically it just to put together um, the show but I-, I wish it extended to a further capacity to be honest uh, w- Wacky's a good friend too and I love the music that he did so it was something I really wanted to do more of. And I, I guess for one reason or another, just the stars didn't align and it took a while before or before I saw you again or before I found out, oh, Nino's working with PWR in some form again. So I think the next time that you got involved was when you worked on the new theme of JDL, Tamaba. Yes, that is completely correct. So how did that come about, Naman? Uh, did JDL come to you or did you talk to JD and say, hey, I want to work on some music for you? Yeah, well... I think I was the one that approached uh, JD and I was like, yo, dude, I really want to like revamp your theme, do something with you because you're my favorite local wrestler. You have the best gimmick to me at that time. And I still think he still has the best gimmick. I love his gimmick. And so I was, I was all in and I was like, yo, let me help you make a theme, dude. I am like, we'll use parts of your old theme. Let's, let's do it. And we did a lot of, a lot of the JD's new theme is based on what Wacky did in the past. So how would you break it down? For, for someone who's not musically trained, how can you explain yung ginawa ninyo to remix JDL's music? Well, we re-recorded all of the guitars for sure, but most of the guitars were parts that Wacky wrote. Even the chords that you hear are chords that Wacky had already come up with. Uh, we just used... Uh, different instruments. I wanted to. I wanted it to sound very orchestral and huge, but also still have that very uh, Spanish vibe to it. So it was a very conscious decision to do that. And a lot of the stuff that Wacky sends sent me, because I asked for the stems from Wacky. The stems are basically each uh, track within um, a piece of music, 
And a lot of the things that I heard were like, yo, it's really cool, but it, it's leaning less towards the direction I want, which is this huge orchestral um, Spanish thing, and more towards the more metal stuff. Like the drums in JD's old song were absolutely like metal drums. And I didn't want that. I wanted like big rock stadium drums. Uh, so yeah, basically taking ideas and like reframing it in a new context. Who would play the instruments then? It was a combination of me and one of my partners' studios, he, David, Lina. And how long would you guys take to, for the existing theme of JDL, you take it and then turn it into something new? How long would that process take? That was a rush job. Like, for some reason, JD was like, yo, I need this theme by the weekend, Dad. What the fuck? The States. And he was like, please, 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 can you, can you do it? And I'm like, fine, let's do it. So that took two days. And two days of nonstop work, we like slaved over it. And I remember the title for it was JD cut it himself, and it was like uh, it wasn't up to par yet. And when Charlie came on board and started doing uh, JD's Titantron, now it looked hella good. So I was like, all right, we, we in there, we in there. Kelanto, uh, do you remember what year this was? Was this after his heel turn? After his heel turn. So I uh, know uh, twenty eighteen. Okay. 2018, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he turned heel at the end of 17. All right. I think, then, yeah. yeah, 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 2018. Definitely So, okay, so you worked on that. And then not long afterward, he and Ken Warren became a tag team and then they formed PWOG. So that needed a theme song all on its own yeah. as well. So even though I think uh, there was a group of, of uh, PWR people who were like, it's one-off. Lang to. So I, I guess them... Getting a theme song really made it official. Na pang matagalan siya. So how did you get involved, naman, with that project? Well, I think at this point, like JD will go to no one else for his music because he super enjoyed his music. Because the process of making music for a wrestler is very different than just making like a pop track or something for the radio. Because what we do is I, I sit down with the wrestler and we say, okay, so walk me through how your entrance is going to be. What's the timing? I want to know when you're going to pop, when you're going to do the thing where the crowd pops for you. How long do you want that to be? Um, and then we make sure everything is measured for him. And the music is tailored for his entrance, not the other way around. So we always ask, what, what do you want to do? And the same thing when they became a tag team. And I was like, okay, so uh, that was really interesting though. It was like, what's the feel that you want? And, and Ken Warren can be quite indecisive. You know, Ken. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Not just quite, sir. Not just quite. In the immortal words of Sean Kingston, he's indecisive. He can't decide. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so... He wanted like a Beastie Boys sounding track at first and then uh-huh. he Typical. Something, <laughs> wanted something harder and then wanted to go back to the Beastie Boys stuff. So it was, it, was, it was a little difficult trying to capture what he was thinking about. But in the end, we managed to do it. Naman. And it was, it was really interesting. Like the peg that he sent for me was Heat's music from Busta Groove. I was like, man, really we're going with that? That's dope. I know it wasn't Heat, it was Strike. Strike from Busta Groove. It was like this new Jack Swing type of track. And I was like, okay, that's cool, but I don't think that's the that's the feel of the tag team because it's OGs, so you want to come hard. And at that time, I was listening a lot to uh, Guerrilla Warfare. It's like, dude, it, like I, it was stuck in my head. I was in that New Japan space too, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to go for like this very like aggressive theme, but still keep the hip hop in it and somehow and some way managed to get JD's motif going. Oh, man. 
That was really amazing though. It, it yeah, was sobrang ganda na napagsama-sama nyo lahat. It, it was a challenge. It was a challenge for sure. Definitely, definitely genre bending is my thing. I love doing it. So we came up with something I think really special. And there are three, uh, four, well, four vocalists on that track that, you know, it was me and then there was Scarly who came out with Ultimo Fantasma and I was so happy that he did. He's, he's basically my apprentice. And Senya sang the chorus and then... Jula was doing backup vocals and it was such a fun process. There were so many like little hidden gems in that song that people are not going to catch, but that's, it's cool. So I actually watched him behind the scenes video of that and yeah. I, I could tell just how much fun you guys were having. So what more, you know, being there in Mismo, do you have any stories of producing that track, you know, behind the scenes stuff that people won't even get from that uh, short vlog that uh, the OGs put up? Maybe like Ken trying to say hashtag that, like, 20 times and we had to pick the best hashtag that <laughs> uh, how do you determine what's the best version uh you, you can hear it you can hear it i think i've watched any <laughs> anime dub to know what's good and what's bad <laughs> and so like when, like when you listen to a lot of voiceover work it's just and you know that that's kind of my job too which is sorting through voiceovers so you kind of know which one, which timbre you'll go with, and you'll be like, "That's it." But I'm a damn ibang hashtag that. Na some of them are pretty whack. <laughs> <laughs> so JD and Ken, para silang yung client, and then kayo yung uh, agency, de ba sa uh, in in this case. So like, how are they as clients? Aside they're from they're, they're great clients. See, JD knows exactly what he wants. Um, he's oftentimes very happy with their output because our you know, he communicates very well. Our collaboration is always like, you know, exactly down the middle of what we both want. Uh, Ken, Ken is a good client, except he's like a lot of the other clients that I have, which, you know, use terms that are pretty vague. And I'm supposed to infer what <laughs> that means. Like, I'm, I'm working on like a commercial for a company I would not name. And they will say, I, the song is a little too happy. Can we make it a little bit more? Happy? And I'm like, oh man, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> I think everyone on this call has had that type of frustration before in terms of creative work, Lalana with clients, so we all can relate. Yeah, yeah. advertising. I have frustration with Ken Warren. Ken's cool, but he's like every client I've had in that sense. Alamayan. So Yep. All too well. I mean, I am sure you all know about that. So it, it, it was it was like that. Sabi mo kanina that you sat down with JD and with Ken Warren to figure out the details like San Kalalabas, and yung point na magpopose ka, you'll get the pop and whatever. Where did you learn to do that? To look for those specific things in creating music? Because not everybody will think that way. Ah, sige, tara, gawa tayo ng kata, ganun lang. But for you, you actually sat down and took time out to look for these details before making the track. So where did that come from? I care a lot about arrangement, really. Uh, arrangement is what makes a song, to me, like go to the next level. And I like telling stories. I think that, that came with being a rapper also and a poet. I, stories are what I grew up on. Stories are still what I, what has me invested in a lot of things. So I think even when making music, you're supposed to tell a story. And wrestling is basically telling a story besides the angles that you're doing 
and the promos. You're telling story just with, you know, in-ring stuff. I'm like a big fan of wrestlers that have great psychology. I don't even care if you can do the flippity flips and if you're a spot monkey. I'm super into psychology. So when I see wrestlers with good psychology, that's really what I'm after. And so I think there's also psychology involved when it comes to, you know, entrances. You know, why does Undertaker's entrance last that long? Why, why does Bray Wyatt's entrance make me feel a certain way? And, you know, when, like, I guess I played way too much like WWE 2K and SmackDown versus Raw and all of that stuff with create an entrance that I, I kind of like have this idea of when, you know, the pyro is going to go off, when you're going to do, you know, certain taunts and stuff like that. So it, it's something that I really care about because it's part of the swagger of being a wrestler. You have to, have a, you have, to have a good entrance. That's the first time I've ever heard someone put over create an entrance mode <laughs> on the video games. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible, but um, like a lot of it used to be horrible in the past. I forget this game that I played on my PC that had create an entrance. Uh, man, was it raw? I, I probably yeah, raw, the guy yeah. was raw, and then what I did was I do the Randy Orton pose, and then I'd have Kane's pyro go off on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> you know, like, and it, it's stuff like that. And I, I deep dove into everything. It is really funny how deep, like, how I deep dove into wrestling games, in the sense where when I see like any move. In like the real world, uh, I know exactly what it is, but everyone calls it something else now. And I'm like, no, that's a falcon arrow, or like I'll go, no, that's just a reverse brain buster, or no, that's an avalanche power bomb, or stuff like that. And it's like, man, I went through that move list way too much. I couldn't even remember yeah, <laughs> of sevens in school, but I knew every move. And like, <laughs> if only that shit was graded, deba, deba. I, I like how you're able to break down an entrance based on the psychology of the music. So if you could pick a couple of themes, whether classic themes or current themes, which one would you say has the best psychology, the best arrangement? Oh, that's, that's a really tough question. Really good one. Stone Cold's theme is direct and it does the psychology very well. Broken glass, come out to a huge pop and time to kick ass. Like That's like generally the idea of the song. And I know it's based on Bulls on Parade, which is like super dope. So that, that's a pretty good one for what it is, right? The psychology of Undertaker's theme is also really cool because you're supposed to wait. Sometimes the entrance is longer than the match. And that's okay because that's part of the allure of the character. I, I think of the match as it's already begun once the entrances happen. So if you think about it that way, then Undertaker really is a master of psychology. Because he makes you wait. He makes you wait for that long until, you know, action happens. So when action happens, it's already like, wow, okay, so stuff is going on. And then when it finally climaxes, you're like, oh, okay, I was satisfied. So it's stuff like that. I think themes that encapsulate characters are really good too. What's a good one that encapsulates character? Like Shinsuke's first theme, that was fantastic. That's that's exactly how you build a foreign wrestler, in my opinion, in the US. Like, you give him the catchiest fucking theme song ever, and people will instantly love him. I think that was, and it, it just, it was so Japanese, too. That theme song was so Japanese. I love it. Like, J rock type of stuff. Even if it didn't sound like it, like the certain themes and motifs that they would do through it uh, throughout uh, the song was very Japanese. So, I, I really love that. 
another theme that I really like, but I don't think it's like the most underrated theme. I don't even like care about the psychology. I just love the theme is Christian's theme. <laughs> Which one? Story of the year. Ah, oh, wait. Just close your <laughs> eyes. The story of the year version, pa talaga. Yeah. Oh, yeah, people don't like story that of the year. So, but the girl version was pretty dope, though. But story of the year was like it was one of my favorite bands growing up, and that song to me, like, ah, oh, I love that song. I never got, uh, I never got the song in itself. I never got how that was really connected to Christian. But I also just love the song, right? I want to attached ako to the waterproof blonde version, yung female vocalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But that's because it's vintage, siya. so you know that that's just me. Um, I want to ask about yung is exoticism the right word? Because you mentioned yung Japanese elements in Shinsuke's music, right? And when you usually see a Japanese wrestler, oh, nga, there are always Japanese elements in their music, and the one notable exception is probably Asuka. Asuka, yeah. Right? So, what does that say about um, writing music for foreign talents na kailangan talagang ma-exoticize siya to an extent? Like, do you really have to beat me over the head with the fact that Tajiri is Japanese? I mean, his name is fucking Tajiri. Okay, so, there are, there are ones done right and ones done, like, in poor taste. So, I think exoticism has its place all the time because it's just another element to build a character. And that is completely okay. What's not okay, though, is being like it being shoved down your throat. For example, Shinsuke's theme, as much of a Japanese theme it sounds, it, it doesn't undermine Japanese people, nor does it make you feel like he's not cool, right? The theme is cool. It makes the wrestler look cool. And I think that's, that's, part, of the, that's part of the shtick. But when you use like, um, like Jimmy Wang Yang's music, like, you know that? Yeah. <laughs> we messed up somewhere there. Right, right. I, I want to take a moment to share this story because I think as early as my trip to WrestleMania last year, I was already hitting you up on Twitter. I was like, dude, we want to work on vocals for the MSG theme. I want you on it. And parang we put it on the back burner, I think, because we wanted to see where MSG was going to go. Hanggang saan, you know, MSG went someplace and then... MSG left. <laughs> so, parang, so parang, one of my regrets, I guess, is we never got to work with you on that MSG theme with the vocals. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I honestly think it should have been you on vocals just because it, it, it's arrogant. Like, that's part of the character. Like, it's not even Mr. McMahon saying no chance, but you feel like it's him. Right? And I don't yes. the timbre of my voice can, can match what MSG is about. Because it, it's, it should feel, like, to me, like, I... When 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 I look at every wrestler, I say I, I try to imagine what's the best possible theme for them. And MSG to me was about power, control, money, greed, corporation. You know, and I don't have that voice. I have the voice of a whiny anime teenager. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a, a few of you guys have a voice that can be about money, greed, corporation, power. You know, that's not a knock on you guys. It's just you know that's how. You know, your voices are no, no, not, not a knock at all. But stuff for me, I'm I'm just gonna put it on the record. Now that's gonna be one of those uh, one of those regrets from pre-pandemic. Nasana in a world after the pandemic, we can make something happen, dude. For sure, like I I love what MSG is about. Like it's it's the heel faction. I I think I love no, it's definitely the heel faction I love the most in local wrestling. Oh, thank you. I like that you mentioned that uh, there are wrestlers now when you hear their music, you feel like sila yung kumakanta or sila yung nun. So, on that note, which wrestler's music yung feel mo talaga na parang siya yung kumakanta kahit na hindi naman? Uh, Chris Jericho. 
easily off the bat. Randy Orton's I Hear Voices. Who else? Well, John Cena. Am I allowed to say that? <laughs> I mean, it's Cena, but then rapping. That's cheating, bro. Uh, yeah, I know. Um, Rey Mysterio, actually. Like, that feels... He also does his stuff. Yeah, but he does his stuff. I think he did yung Buyaka 619, that, that yeah. the hook. Yung Buyaka Buyaka. Yeah. Sila ni POD vocalist guy. Yeah, but even the POD parts sound like him. Um, ah, yeah, okay, okay. Fair, uh, fair, uh, fair. The DX theme felt like DX was speaking. Like as Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mr. McMahon, yun nga, like I said. Hindi masyado kasi uso yung themes with the vocals, eh. Yeah, it's true. It's true. That's a shame. Really I mean, like I, I'm a fan of you know uh, wrestling wrestling music and my vocals. It's it's just more fun that way. But that's uh, me. yeah, I, I agree generally. But you know, it still depends on the gimmick on the wrestler. Like Bray Wyatt's music could do without the vocals, but the vocals make it eerily haunting to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, it's it's a trade off. It's a trade off. <laughs> Let's get into uh, no, uh, this one story that uh, you and Chino were telling us before we started recording. And that's the time that you guys caught a New Japan show in San Francisco. And it happened to be a very infamous show at that. Yeah, that was a show Bullet Club turned on itself. It was so good. Yes. I, honestly, I am just happy that I got to see Kenny wrestle. And watching Kenny wrestle live is like, wow. <laughs> Even if you are a spot monkey... I, your psychology is still on point, so I can't hate you for being a spot monkey, you know. And but I'm in the show This was a show where a lot of things happened because in the middle of the card, we saw Hiromu Tanahashi get dropped dropped on his neck, just in the most awkward manner. And not get up. Like, nobody expected that to happen. Oh, you're so, all- and then that was also the, the same show. He disappeared for wrestling for about a year. Yeah. People expected him to retire because that was such a deadly bump. Yeah, it was an extremely high-risk bump. What was it like yeah. for you guys in the audience? Now, you saw such a horrific injury. And never mind, it happened to a really popular wrestler. But you just saw a guy... Literally get dropped on his head. What was that feeling for you guys? Scary. It was absolutely scary. It's terrifying. You don't know how bad the bump is yet. Because a lot of the modern trend right now with taking bumps is to oversell. Right? And I don't know if he was, I didn't know if he was overselling or not, but it looked like a nasty bump. And then when he didn't get up for the amount of time that he did, it was like, oh man, did I just watch like something that I shouldn't have seen? I could only imagine what it would be like for people that saw, you know, the dude whose neck whiplashed on the ropes that Mysterio was wrestling. Pero Aguayo. Yeah, Pero Aguayo. Yeah, like, I, I can't imagine how that would feel like as an audience member. So, Anion, um, would you say that it took out the fun out of the event or the fun out of wrestling after it happened? Uh, no. I mean, I don't know about Nino, but I took pictures after, so <laughs> I was still able to take pictures after the show. So I had fun. Like it's so memorable for me. Uh, yeah, typical okay. Chino. No, no, no. It, truly, as a fan, it's like, and especially as a mark, because you know, you know, if you watch New Japan in the states, you're a mark. Like, let's not lie. <laughs> so you're like the show must go on. You know, you know how it goes. You know how. Uh, wrestling shows have to, you know, progress after that. So it's just like, yo, prayers to Hiromu, but like, I- I'm here to see much more than that. So I got to move on from that first. And 
I think from then on, I've had this repulsion to Dragon Lee. But that's not fair, though. He's a great wrestler, but it's like now I can't watch him. All right. Uh, we're going to talk about the differences between attending a WWE event versus a New Japan event. But before we get to that, let's hear from another one of our podcasts here on Podcast Network Asia. Hey, Chino Liao here, host of the new podcast on Podcast Network Asia called Class Clown. Now, I try to learn about the world through the lives of different professionals each week alongside by another stand-up comedian. The topics are limitless. The jokes are a plenty only here on Class Clown. So as somebody who's attended both a WWE live event and a New Japan live event, mong differences between the two from a fan perspective? Well, it wouldn't be fair to say because I've only seen WWE house shows, basically, right? So it's not yeah. like they were fine. live. But I guess in New Japan, I saw more of the wrestling, you know, just wrestling and psychology. And the WWE house shows, while there is some psychology in it, I'm not going to see. Although when they were here, they did some amazing matches like that. I was like, oh, my God, why did they do a match like this? This is too good. This is for a house show. This is like pay-per-view level quality of matches. So, so yeah, like example, like which match are you talking about? It was a triple threat. Like, do you guys remember who was? Uh, yeah, yeah. Sammy, Kevin, Roman. You no, know, yeah, Sammy, Kevin, Roman. and Seth. Yeah, and Seth, Seth. Seth. Yeah, that was an amazing match. And I was like, this match is too good. Why is this too good? And, you know, like, I, I guess the difference lang would be, you know, if you're marking out for... WWE or marking out for New Japan, it's it's kind of the same feeling to me because they're all superstars in my mind. And I don't use the WWE term superstars. I mean the general term superstars. They're all like amazing athletes. They do what they do and they tell stories in the ring. So it's just exciting. I love it. Yeah, but, but compared naman to... Ah, okay. So yeah. So like, much larger than life see WWE, whereas in New Japan, must feel mo talaga na, yeah, this is wrestling. Yeah, th- there's that going on. But... You know, I love them both in what they are. You have to take them for what they are. If you compare like a certain product to another and say, well, this has more wrestling. Well, of course it has more wrestling. That's the identity of the company. That's how it's, you know, structured to be. But they'll never have uh, like the angles and storylines that WWE are capable of doing. Like, for example, um, you remember that Booker T uh, Stone Cold feud where they were fighting in the supermarket yep. and stuff like that? They'll never do something like a McMahon Austin feud, also. You know, it's just not, even if we know Ghetto is basically running the whole thing, it's not, it's not presented in the way that McMahon is this evil boss. And it's, it's different. Like, you watch them for different reasons. Right. Chaka, culturally, I don't think that Japanese people will glorify you kicking your boss's ass, right? Exactly. It's true. Also yeah. true. <laughs> they did um, uh, make the Bullet Club really popular, though, even to Japanese people. So that was really interesting. I I found that the most interesting part that ga- like a gaijin faction could come in and dominate the way they did, and were allowed to dominate and are still dominating till this day. Very interesting. I'm glad you mentioned that uh, you can love these promotions, these different companies for what they are and not necessarily just have to choose one over the other. Because when I do, when I get bored and I'm on Instagram, I just do a random Q&A and then more often than not, there's a talaga WWE or AEW. And it's, I mean, like, I appreciate the question, but it's also annoying because why can't I enjoy both? Exactly. So, like, as a fandom, I don't think, even though you my Wednesday, 
Wednesday Night War, I don't think we should be at a place where de pro AEW lang ako, de WWE for life. I mean, they'll both have its ups and downs, honestly. Like there are some parts of AEW I really don't like. Like sometimes it gets pretty boring, but WWE has had a longer streak of being boring. Like it's different parts of it appeal to me, and I think. You know, you're right. There is room in your heart for both parties. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's not like you have to choose one. I mean, it's all on demand, right? Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. So, you know, as we wind down here, uh, I want to ask about your dream collaboration between wrestling and music. Let's say a wrestler from any promotion, any time period in its history, comes up to you and asks, "Nino, can you make me a song for my entrance? Who would it be, and how would you do it?" Kite in broad strokes. Wow. Bring in the tough questions. I don't know. I, I, have, to, I have to think about this one. Damn, honestly, I, I, I don't mind working with any wrestler. It, it's, it's not something that... There's no specific wrestler that comes into mind that... Oh, maybe, maybe, maybe Bray Wyatt, just because there's so m- much creative things that you can do. Like I'd hire a children's choir, you know, for one. Extra um, creepy, yeah? Yeah, yeah. It depends which variation of the character, too. Like, are we going the Fiend or the Eater of Worlds? Or the because Firefly Funhouse version? Or Yeah, 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 yeah. There's so much stuff that you could do. Or maybe incorporate everything into it. I don't know. But it would definitely be like this gospel-type song where very uh, cult vibes, talaga. Pero cult vibes that you would like... Oh my god, I love it. Like we should join this call. Like that that would be how <laughs> it would appeal, but you know, it's creepy cuz I am going to I'm going to attempt to do like a really creepy um version of like a gospel song. Siguro. Interesting. Interesting. As uh, as we get to the end of the interview, I want to ask about your your current work right now. So, musically, where uh what type of projects um, have you been working on in the time of the pandemic? Has it inspired new music? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm working on my solo electronic project. I have a project called Ayumu. And it sounds like a, like a Porter Robinson-inspired kind of thing where it sounds very like happy dance music or sad dance music, depending on which um, track you listen to. For the Nina stuff, I've just been writing like stories again. But majority of the time, I'm working on other people's music most of the time, uh, I work as an engineer, mixing engineer, mastering engineer. And if I'm producing new music, it's usually for advertising because, I mean, you guys are in it. That's not lie. Advertising pays. And yeah, that's true. Uh-huh. You know, as, as soul-draining as the work is sometimes and dealing with clients that you don't want to deal with, my pay you know? Like, I'll <laughs> work on food on the table. Exactly. And you work on something you really love. Like, let's say you guys, when you were working in wrestling, I, I would assume you guys... Didn't make over like ten G's a piece, and am I on? Oh but, no, for sure, for sure. <laughs> and I would make that or less on projects I really love. But when you do the ad stuff, it's like, all right, I'm kind of set for a few months now. Brand's got that cash. <laughs> so you know, the majority of it's ad work, and I'm also teaching right now. I start the next quarter in uh, teaching in Mint, so that's gonna be fun. So yeah, uh all online via Zoom. Yeah, but I'd honestly rather it be on campus, like eventually. Um, but you know, for now I'll have to make do. 
yeah, uh, one day when it's all safer. One day when it's all safer, we hope na we can get together at Kubao X again, kick back a few beers, maybe see the studio in person, and just hang out like real people. Uh, but until then, where can our listeners find you and uh, stream your work? Uh, they can find it on Spotify. Just search for Nino. That's N-I-N-N-O. And you can also look for Ayumu, A-Y-U-M-U. Also, you can listen to my band, Shadow Moses, on all digital streaming platforms. All right. Nino, thanks, brother, for making time for us. It was a fun chat. Like I seriously learned a lot when you were geeking out over music and wrestling and the intersection uh, in between. Um, you know, just Thank you for always being so gen- generous to share everything you know. Yes, sir. Of course. Anytime. Thanks again to Nino for joining us here on the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. Before we get out of here, we've got a couple of plugs we want to send our way. So let's start with our live wrestling talk show, which still happens every Thursday at 7 p.m. on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod and on Facebook, facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. So for this week, we're talking about NXT TakeOver 31 and that big reveal, Mustafa Ali (laughs) as the leader of Retribution, all of that and more. Unpack natinians on Thursday night. Yeah. So that's happening. We also want to remind you to register to vote. You have a little under a year to get that done. <laughs> so habang oh, maaga pa lang, sinasabihan na namin kayo, parang awa nyo na, please mag-register po tayo, mag-imbotante po tayo. If you need a website that condenses all the info you need to vote, just check out votepilipinas.com. They're a nonpartisan organization and they've put together a very handy infographic for anyone who might need it. So yeah, Chino, plugs on your end. Hey, before we get to the plugs, I just want to know if I registered already or not. Because I forgot the paper. Oh. Does that count as the registration? That's I mean, what does it say? I don't know. I don't have it with me right now. But it just has... Well, it's an ID that the guy He just basically gave me a paper. A receipt? And, like a receipt? Yeah, like a receipt, basically. And said that you're registered. And so now, I don't know if I'm registered or not. Yeah, I think you are. Uh, Sino, then... may, may officer. <laughs> I mean, you no, guys no, no, no. promoted it. So... No, no, no. No, I think if it says you are, then you are. Then you can also check this uh, when the election draws near. Also, I like how I had to bring that up here. Anyway, guys, <laughs> I have a few things going on for me this weekend. The very first thing you can check out tomorrow with Mr. Red Oliero on Bago Matulog with Red Oliero. I'll nice. be on there. We are talking about fat comedy. That's basically <laughs> fat comedy from two fat comedy experts in myself and the Red. And a little after that, 3 a.m. Manila time, 8 p.m. British Standard Time, I will be on a Twitch stream with Mr. Rick Carranza, who is a very funny Trekkie comedian from Scotland, from Edinburgh. And he'll be be hosting a little TV debate show where I get to rap Family Guy and somebody else reps The Simpsons. And if you can't get up at 3 a.m., it's fine. It'll be up on his Twitch I will be posting all of my of the details on my social media. All right, uh, let me get to my plugs real quick. Uh, this week on deck, you've got Nicole Hialov, 90.7 Love Radio. Really interesting conversation about learning radio from the perspective of a massa station. She talks about being an assumptionista with a broken heart and how that led to a wildly successful career in, uh, in FM radio here in the Philippines. So that's a great story you might want to check out. And if you want a personalized shout-out from MSG or from the PWOGs, yeah, yeah. you can check us out at shoutout.com. That's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. Think of it as local cameo. And you can request for a shout-out from either us as individuals or us as a group. 
or PWOGs as a tag team. All of those options are very much available. So please check that out. And uh, go listen to Wave in the mornings. Uh, the morning takeover, 7 to 10 a.m. Uh, with me and Debbie 10. Ro, any plugs on your end? Uh, I think I'll just plug my Twitch again at twitch.tv slash shang underscore daddy, S-H-A-N-G underscore D-A-D-D-Y. Still playing games. Fall Guys Season 2 is coming out this weekend, so stay tuned for that. And also, please read Smart Henry all the time. We continue to give you news and coverage of the latest stuff. Glad that what our uh, writers are been have been up to lately. So please give them a read and support this and support local wrestling coverage. Yeah, because there's no local wrestling. So support local uh, wrestling coverage because coverage uh, never coverage. stops. Yep. And that, that includes us here on the podcast. So please keep following, downloading, streaming, and subscribing. And malapit na nga pala yung next Lazada sale. So if you want to buy stuff, use our affiliate link, tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Again, tinyurl.com slash wrestling wrestling x Lazada. Every successful checkout with the products delivered to your doorstep uh, nets a small commission for us here on the show and for Podcast Network Asia to keep uh, to keep everything running, to keep the lights on, so to speak. So on that note, thank you very much to everybody who's been uh, listening to the podcast and supporting us as well. Thanks again to Nino. Thank you uh, one more time to Raf Camus. And thanks to Babyface producer Sola. It's not Nikai for, for this episode. Sola's putting this shit together. And uh, thank you to Podcast Network Asia on behalf of Romaran and Chino Liao. My name is Stan C. And we'll catch you on our live wrestling talk show on Thursday. Peace out. Peace. 